Thrill Me. This show is part of the Thrill Me Podcast Network. Experience more on Facebook and YouTube. It's time for the Mr. Wonderful Show. Here's your host, Mr. Wonderful. Hey, everybody. Welcome in to another episode of the Mr. Wonderful Show. So happy you could be joining us on the last episode for the month of February. Short month here, so last episode of the month. And it's going to be a big one. Uh, there's a lot to get to. There's some Oscar news that came out yesterday involving the telecast of the award show that I want to get into. Got some serious thoughts on that. Uh, Peacemaker, the show is over. Season one of the show, I should say, is over. So we will have a full Peacemaker review, as well as getting into the new Texas Chainsaw Massacre film that debuted on Netflix this past weekend. Have a full review of that. But before we get into all of that today, want to say thank you to everybody who has uh, liked the show, has hit the follow and subscribe button. If you haven't yet, uh, please hit that subscribe button wherever you are listening. This show is available on all streaming platforms. Also, uh, please rate and review the show. That's how uh, this show will get out to more people. Uh, share it with friends, family, co-workers. Let them know, hey, I like this little show over here with this little guy that calls himself Mr. Wonderful that talks about the entertainment stuff and other things along the way. Uh, so with that being said, uh, thank you all so much. And uh, please also uh, welcome into what I guess this is the first official Thrill Me Podcast Network episode of the show because that's a thing that will be official as of tomorrow. But if you are a fan of the Review at Rob show and this show, well, you kind of got the in before everybody else, before the big announcement on social media. But the Thrill Me Podcast Network is a thing, and you can learn more about that by tuning into tomorrow's episode of Zach Speakeasy, where Rob, review it Rob, that is, myself, Brooke from Haunter's Podcast, Zach from Haunter's Podcast, and Zach Speakeasy will all get together and talk a little bit more about what the Throw Me Podcast Network is, what we are going to be bringing to all of you here in the near future. Uh, but also, if you want to get a little taste of the Throw Me Podcast Network, you can do that right now. Uh, by finding us on Instagram, Throw Me Podcast, as well as on YouTube, the Throw Me Podcast Network, where all the shows go up. Uh, there are videos up there right now as well. Zach tries the bomb. If you ever watched Hot Ones, you know what the bomb is. Zach had that. Uh, and there's more content as well that's going up there this Friday. There's going to be some giveaways as well on the YouTube page. So you want to be a part of the Throw Me Podcast Network. Also on Facebook, you can find us. Now, with that being said, it is time to get into the show. And as I mentioned, a lot to get to. We'll talk about the Oscars towards the end. We'll get into Peacemaker in just a moment because I want to start with the new Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie that debuted on your Netflix or your parents' Netflix, your friends, whoever's Netflix account you have. It debuted this past weekend, the big release Netflix releases a new film every weekend, and Texas Chainsaw Massacre was the newest one, which was being billed as a direct sequel to the 1974 original The Texas Chainsaw Massacre. So, yeah, you could stop me if you've heard that before, a direct sequel to the classic film you love. Hello, Halloween 2018, as well as a few others. But I mentioned Halloween 2018 because I feel as if somebody watched 
Halloween 2018, Fetty Alvarez and company, the team behind this new Texas Chainsaw Massacre film that is just called Texas Chainsaw Massacre. They dropped the in the title, so you knew that they were coming in and meaning business. But unfortunately, the impression I got from this film is that somebody watched the Halloween 2018 film and said, yeah, what if we just do that? And they poorly attempted to make Halloween 2018, but instead called it a Texas Chainsaw Massacre film. Because in my honest opinion, this is not a good movie, and this is not a good Texas Chainsaw Massacre film. It is very, very, uh, just doesn't feel like it fits in the vein of those films. And listen, I, I know the Texas Chainsaw Massacre franchise as a whole, but this is the ninth movie in the franchise, so maybe I'm setting the expectations for the ninth film a little too high. But truth of the matter is, is that out of all of those sequels, this might be hands down the worst and most confusing that does not understand its own source material. And the fact that they're calling this a direct sequel to the original and saying it's going to be in the same vein, it's going to be just like that, feels like nobody watched the original because this movie really just tends to not understand what made the original so scary, what made it so good, and is missing a lot of that in this film. Now, where to begin on my issues with this movie? And I know I've said many times on this show I try not to talk about things I don't like, but, uh, but you know, if I want to be a review show, I guess I have to talk about the things that are not enjoyable as well. Now, what I will say about this film is that if you go into this and you are looking for just a slasher film, as in, I need something mindless, where the characters say and do the stupid things, and then there's blood and gore to go to it, great, you found your movie. You'll enjoy it for that if you just want a slasher film. But I was, I guess, with the team behind this, Fetty Alvarez, who was behind the Evil Dead, I would call that pretty much a reboot, requel, whatever you want to call it, a sequel to the original. That was a really good movie that understood its source material and where it was coming from and was able to tell a really good story by providing us the little hat tips to the original while also doing its own thing. This Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie, as I've said, doesn't seem to understand the original outside of, hey, there's a guy that wears human skin as a face and uses a chainsaw. That's really what it seems like. Oh, and it's based in Texas. So just put it in Texas, have a guy with this leather face and a chainsaw, and that's the movie, right? That's it? No, that's not the movie. The original was great because the original was a bit of a slow burn. It is a slow burn. But when it gets to the scares, it doesn't rely on gore. It relies on the pitch of this is a real movie based on real events. And you and your friends could simply be in a car driving down the road, make the wrong turn, show up at the wrong place. And now there is not just a guy with a chainsaw, but an entire family of maniacs that won't even think twice and will kill you. That's what makes the original so scary. It doesn't need the gore. It's the idea of you and your friends could end up here. And the ending of the original is terrifying because 
We don't see Leatherface get killed. We don't see the family get theirs. Our final girl, Sally, barely escapes that shot of her in the original 1974 film with the laughing, the menacing crying, the screaming, all of that. And then cutting back to Leatherface wildly waving his chainsaw leaves that film at the idea of, yeah, there's no conclusion to this, so you and your friends could end up on this same road at this house. That is where the terror comes from in the original. This film believes that it's from the gore and characters that will say and do the stupid thing to get them to their death. And that is an issue I had with this. The characters are so poorly written. Every single one of them is poorly written. Every one of them is extremely hateable to the point where you go, this is just a setup to get you from here to you being killed in this movie. And that's not good character development at all. There's a plot in this film that is absolutely just so what the hell. And there's a lot of things in this movie that are actually what the hell. Like, I have a lot of notes on this movie. Uh, and as far as the plot goes, the idea that there are some Gen Zers gentrification going on here that they purchase a town because apparently they have enough funds to just purchase a town these two kids from the big city and they're going off to this town that they've never seen before that they've never visited before and they're showing up there and they're going to auction it off to a bunch of big city folk that are coming in and going to buy this town from them so that's that's the plot that's what's going on in this movie and unfortunately these horrible kids make the decision of showing up at an orphanage because there was a confederate flag outside and they got to get this flag down because nobody's going to buy this town of this group of friends of theirs i guess it was a group of friends of theirs at some point the film jokes are you a cult no we're entrepreneurs and that now it sounds more like you're a cult so yeah this cult of gen zers gentrification people that are going into this poor texas town to turn it into this uh little getaway for the rich city folk uh can't handle the fact that they saw a confederate flag go into this orphanage run afoul with the woman in this orphanage who still has one child left a very hulking grown child at this point uh she ends up dying which sets this grown man child off because that grown man child was the leather face of the original 74 film who has apparently been hiding out at an orphanage the entire time. No word on if this woman knows who Leatherface is, knows of his past, knows of his family, but just apparently took him in and decided she was going to take care of him. Also, no understanding of, does this woman know that if something should happen to her, this guy is a murderer and is going to go on a rampage as well? Again, confusing and so freaking stupid it makes no sense what's going on there uh and it does it just feels like a bad do the halloween thing take the 2018 because this film also brings back our final girl of the 74 film in sally not played by the original character or the original actress anymore because she passed away but they bring in a new actress to play sally unlike though halloween 2018 which dove into a great idea of where is this survivor of the original and really focused in on that character. Texas Chainsaw Massacre keeps Sally on the outskirts of the film. She's out. She's not really involved in anything. 
until much later on in the film. We just know that she's kind of there. They give that little voiceover in the beginning and are like, yeah, and the original Survivor, where has she been? Well, she's been here. And then we don't see her for about another two-thirds of the film. And that's saying a lot because this is a short movie. It's only an hour and 23 minutes, so it's a short film. So to sell us the idea that we're going to see Sally involved the sole survivor of the infamous uh, 73 murder massacre who's hell-bent on seeking revenge isn't even really involved and I should say there's going to be some spoilers to this conversation but to also sell us the fact that you were bringing this original character back and this film again claims it cares about the original and is going to make the original proud really truly there's a big middle finger to that character and offs that character in such a dispatching way, in such a we don't really give a crap, literally throws the character, literally throws the character to the side. And is like, yeah, we don't care. Moving on, see this new crop of young teens that you are supposed to care about, but are so poorly written that you really honestly don't give a crap about any of them. Yeah, that's the type of movie we're watching here. A bad version of of Halloween 2018. Now again, if you're coming into this and you're like, but I just want a slasher film because that's what Texas Chainsaw is to me, then great, you're going to get that. You're going to get lots of blood. You're going to get cool kills. There's some great special effects to this movie because they're practical effects. And yes, that is positives to this film. But as far as everything else goes, as far as story goes, as far as history to the original, as far as telling a, a coherent story that would, that honestly you'd want to be able to watch like Halloween go, I'm going to watch the original and then I'm going to turn on 2018 and they're going to feel like they belong in the same world. This does not, this is not it. And I know people are probably, you're, you're probably like, yeah, but Texas Chainsaw Massacre two to begin with was just the breakfast club on steroids. Yeah. But that's because the original was done in such a way that even Toby Hooper knew I cannot replicate what we did in the first one. So let's just go balls to the wall with this sequel and make this really dark, weird comedy. But it adds layers to Leatherface and his family, where this doesn't add any layers to Leatherface. And I guess decided that the family aspect of the thing didn't matter because there is no family. There's no there's no anybody for him. There's just the orphanage leader. And again, as I said, we have no idea if she even knows who the hell Leatherface is or his history, but she's there. So a really just confusing film that doesn't lack in gore, but really lacks in everything else. So everything they put into gore, I wish that they took the time to try and craft a much better story because it's so bad that I don't think there's any really true redeeming quality the redeeming things are so overshadowed by how bad the story is and everything else to this movie is that it's lost all credibility to me but again i know some of you out there are like yeah but i loved it because it's a great slasher film i can watch any slasher movie though and i guarantee you they'll do a better job at telling a slasher story than this like as a slasher film this could stand but the fact that you were bringing Leatherface into this equation, you were bringing an iconic character into it, and you're trying to sell me and sell me the idea of 
this great sequel to the original that's going to make you go, yeah, we're so happy we're forgetting Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 and Dennis Hopper's craziness, that we're forgetting McConaughey and Renee Zellweger being in a Texas Chainsaw Massacre film. We're even going to forget the, hey, cuz, do your thing that was in the last Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie. But at least that film, as I will say, for as poor as that film was, it at least understood the Texas Chainsaw Massacre aspect of things and incorporated family in a way, still missed out on it. But this new one is just very, it really does not work. And it never invokes any form of fear, any form of terror. The remake could have been a lot of fun, but it just appears that there's no vision or appreciation of the original despite claiming that we appreciate the original and we want to make a sequel that will make fans of the original happy. Well, you didn't. I, I, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but you didn't. And audiences, a lot of the audience has been rejecting it. A lot of critics have been rejecting it. Uh, and, and it's a shame because there really could have been something there. And especially with the ending of this film where there is clearly a setup for more films to come, but I don't know if it's going to happen. I don't know if there's going to be a desire because this requel is just really misses the mark. Uh, and, and to me is, is just definitely not worth the hour and 23 minutes. I said that this film is, it's, it's just not. Uh, and again, as far as the setup goes, are, are we supposed to believe that the setup isn't bad things good people, just revenge? Because, as I mentioned, the thing that sets Leatherface off is is a misunderstanding between the kids and the woman. So, if they leave, will he still kill? If, he, if, if these kids leave town, will he not kill? Like, there's just so many confusing things to this film... And each character, even the ones that are slightly like, oh, I kind of like it, don't really get enough to do in this movie and don't get anything. So a very, uh, a poor sequel, in my opinion, and, and, and a bad movie, in my opinion. But uh, moving on to Peacemaker, this is a TV show that I feel for all the bad that Texas Chainsaw Massacre was, Peacemaker gets it. And Peacemaker is a show that uh, I talk a lot about this with, Zach and Brooke and review it Rob on Zach Speakeasy uh, out tomorrow. So I won't go too deep into it, uh, but I will say this. I think Peacemaker is a show that when this show was announced, unlike Texas Chainsaw Massacre, when that was announced, there was hesitation, but also this, okay, Fetty Alvarez, there could be something. But when Peacemaker was announced, there was a confusion to me of this guy. This is what we're going to from from this Suicide Squad movie. We're going to spin off from Peacemaker. But okay, it's James Gunn. Let's go. And proven once again that James Gunn is definitely somebody that can tell a really good, compelling story, was able to turn this extremely unlikable character from the Suicide Squad film in John Cena's Peacemaker or uh, Chris Smith and turn him over eight episodes of a television show to unlayer and peel off different layers of like, like an onion peeling those layers back 
that shows more of why this character was so unlikable, but yet why this character can be redeemed. And I really enjoyed the ride that we were taking on and, and, and talking about characters before with Texas Chainsaw Massacre, how poorly constructed all of those were. This is a, a show that, yes, I know is a TV show, so it has more time to develop these characters than a movie does. But over the course of this show, not only made me care about Peacemaker as a character, but brought me wonderful characters as well with, with Augie. Augie Smith, a horrible character, but a great character because you could understand through Peacemaker's father and Augie why he's so unlikable or why he was so unlikable and why he's so screwed up and why there's so many layers to him that are so confused, why his warped view of society is the way it is. Economos, a, a, a side character that I now want more of. And had some great moments in the show. The 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 chainsaw sequence with him. Listen, that's a chainsaw sequence that works wonders in a TV series. Harcourt, a character that when we're first introduced to is just this cold-hearted character. But as the show progresses, we get more and more of this of, of her backstory and who she is. Uh, Mern loved Mern as the leader of their group. Vigilante. I mean, listen, he I think I think everybody walked away and when Freddie Stroma is everybody's favorite as Vigilante in this show. He was a scene stealer and, and such a great character. Uh uh at uh just another Daniel Brooks as well. I've listen, as much as I stopped watching Orange is the New Black, I will say that she was a standout in that show as well as many others in Orange is the New Black. Uh, and, and I know I quit on it and a lot of people stuck with it, but I felt that that was a show that started to get a little too ridiculous. Similar to Weeds, as much as I liked Weeds, that was a show that more and more went the more ridiculous it got. That's how I felt with Orange is the New Black, which is why I bailed after, I believe it was season three I bailed. I never even got to the riot uh, and all that stuff. I got to where they escaped and went for the swim at the end of the episode uh at the finale the season finale I, again i can't remember what season it was and i was like you know what no this didn't happen this is just okay we're done but daniel brooks great actress crushes it in this series uh has such a wonderful character arc uh and then you know again chris smith peacemaker john cena uh, say what you want about cena's acting career there's one thing that is certain he was made for this role of Peacemaker. I cannot imagine anybody else being able to portray this character in this way and get the job done the way that John Cena has as Chris Smith in this in this in the Suicide Squad movie and in this season one of the show. Uh, and as we learned right before the finale aired on Thursday of last week. Uh, the show has been renewed for a season two and and where we're left off, there's plenty to get into when it comes to season two of this show. Uh, so much more to dive into as far as Peacemaker goes, his redemption, his redeeming qualities, uh, where will, where, where's his head at at this point? Uh, so much more. The, will this cast be back? Will, will Leota be a character again? Will Daniel Brooks be back? 
Vigilante, Harcourt, Economos, will these characters all return? You know, fingers crossed they will. But there's great places where we can go in season two of this show. But yeah, I absolutely loved Peacemaker. I think that this is one of the best television shows that is out there right now. Uh, James Gunn is able to find a way to weave in, as he always does, forms of social commentary without really wagging the finger at any one side, an equal opportunity offender, so to say. But really has his finger on the pulse of the time and is able to tell a story within this comic book world that is very, very relevant to the world we live in today. So Peacemaker definitely gets a thumbs up from me, uh, so much more so than that Texas Chainsaw Massacre film. Now, final bit of news uh, to get to today before we wrap things up. There is some uh, news about the Academy Awards that came out that I'm untoo pleased about. And that is that this year's Oscars has decided to try something a little different. They are going to present eight awards that they say you don't really care about before the actual live broadcast, then edit them in. The categories that are impacted, documentary short, film editing, makeup and hairstyling, original score, production design, animated short, live action short, and sound. Now the Academy, as I said, things you don't care about them because their actual wording for it was we wanted to provide more time and opportunity for audience entertainment and engagement uh, which just comes across as code of we feel these are the awards you don't care about so we don't care about having them really on the broadcast Uh, they have promised that all winners are going to still have their celebratory oscar moment that they say that they deserve but it just feels like a cheap attempt at a ratings grab. And that's not what the Oscars is about. The Oscars has never really been about ratings, and it shouldn't be about ratings. Seth Rogen brought up a great point with the idea of why do people in Hollywood think that anybody cares about the Academy Awards? Nobody cares about, you know, the Watchmaker Awards or anything like that that, that happened. These are just a basic our industry is giving out awards. It's like it's like if all of you got to watch the award ceremony, uh, you know, for radio, the Marconis, or the 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 statewide broadcaster association awards. You don't, you know, some of you might care. Some of you might be like, yeah, I, I want to see every one of those awards. But a lot of you at the same time are like, well, if that was on television, I'm, I really don't give a crap to find out if Wonderful was a winner of you know, best morning show in, in, in a medium sized market for the state of Virginia, which we were the best morning show two years ago. And by a weird technicality, we were, we, we were again this past year, but, um, yeah, not going to get into that. Uh, but you wouldn't really care unless you were really into radio, then you would want to watch it. That's what the Oscars are. The Oscars are not intended to bring in somebody like my dad or my mom, or, you know, that person that has a fleeting kind of idea of the Academy films. That's why I get mad when people are like, well, why don't they just nominate all the popular films of the year? Because it's not really about that. It's not about popularity. It's not about winning the ratings for the night. This is about honoring the people at your award show that are the best in their craft at what they do. 
And to take these people off the broadcast just really feels like a slap in the face. And I get it. It's a, it's a long award show. Nobody, you know, some people don't want to be there for four hours. But me personally, as somebody that goes, yeah, I care about, you know, who's going to be the best actor, who's going to be the best actress, supporting actor and actress, best film, all of that. But original score matters. I mean, picture watching the Academy Awards and they're like, yeah, John Williams just won for Star Wars, but you don't get to actually see it. Like he won. Congratulations. He won for Indiana Jones. Congratulations. You know that you're taking Williams out. You're taking all these legends and you are crapping on the awards by taking it off the show and trying to provide this more entertainment uh, aspect of things. And I've seen people say it's an entertainment show. It is not an entertainment show. It is an award show to honor people who have mastered the craft in entertainment. The show is not supposed to be the entertainment. Yes, you want some form of entertainment. That's why a lot of us, you know, are like, well, I remember when Billy Crystal hosted it, or I remember this, or I remember that. And it's why they want hosts that will engage. But I just feel like this is a really short-sighted attempt by the Academy to try and win some ratings battle that is not needed. You're not there to win a ratings battle. You're there to present awards to people in Hollywood that did incredible things in film over the past year. And by not doing it live on the show, it feels like it's cheapened and lessened the academies uh, in, in a way. So that's that's my take on that. I'm not a big fan of it. Uh, I, I see why the Academy thinks it's a good idea, but uh, I do not find it to be a good idea at all. Uh, that'll do it for the Mr. Wonderful Show this week. Thank you all for hanging out. Uh, let me know if you saw any of the uh, things I reviewed this week. What did you think? Did you like Texas Chainsaw Massacre? I know somebody who thinks it's a great slasher film. I know many other people who have not been so thrilled about it, but I want to know what you think. Uh, tell us. Again, through me Podcast Network on our Facebook page. Uh, you can tweet me personally the hate that you want to send at wonderful underscore radio. Uh, or you can comment on the YouTube channel as well uh, by searching Thrill Me Podcast Network. Uh, also, if you saw Peacemaker and you got some thoughts on it, I'd love to hear those as well. Have a great one, everybody. Peace and love. 